0: Well, this thought experiment, this government war game, this whole so-called unknown armies, it really is a precursor to what we're seeing with QAnon. It becomes like a self-perpetuating crowdsourced ARG. And that's kind of what they were doing, Agents, Titans and Stolls back in the day. But the problem is, unlike QAnon, everything about unknown armies is entirely true. Yeah. So what this means is a lot of what is ostensibly called like fan material is important resources. I mean, there's lots of misinformation in here, of course, but because reality is in the eye of the beholder, the stuff that you can find from old fan material is really good. And sometimes you really have to dig for it. Like, I found stuff on random people's blogs. They'll have, like, some Mansa, which I've never seen before. But then as soon as I read the thing, I see them everywhere. But one major stockpile, the Kato Hoyuk of Unknown Army's material, has to be the unnaturalphenomena.com website. Yeah. Now, yeah, all no. the content from that is from John Tyne's old uh, Unknown Army's website. It was running as the original John Tyne's website from 2002, just before the whisper war, all the way through to about 2015 ish. So that's like a decade and a half of information, misinformation to be sure, but some of the misinformation is true as
1: well. It's about as reliable as your like average government document declassification, right? This is basically the WikiLeaks of the uh, occult underground. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, especially after like Atlas stopped supporting the war game officially. This is where stuff was getting put. This is where people were kept updated and in the know on whatever recent developments in the statusphere were. Perhaps now we are filling a similar role, but eh, there's there's room for more than one of us. I mean, hell, this isn't even an old thing. There are posts on this thing as recent as December of last year. It sort of cut off a bit when it went down for the first time back in 2014, but before that, it was very steadily getting new content. And even after that, you know, there's still some. You're, You're still seeing stuff getting posted occasionally.
0: This is an old-school website. The old John Tynes website was very much a product of its time. It's very much a 2002 website, and this is not a recreation, but it's a... Like a database, It is the kind of website that used to exist, but doesn't so much anymore, which means it's kind of difficult to search through, kind of difficult to navigate through, For people who are used to like wikis and modern fucking things, it's a blog basically. Basically, a long collaborative blog, which is fine, which is good actually, but it means that there's a lot of stuff in here which is hard to dig up, hard to find. You sort of have to go through here with a fine-tooth comb. Yeah, they got a search
1: button. That's all you need.
0: Yeah, but you have to know what you're searching for. It's easy to m- miss gold.
1: They got the archives listed, so if you want to spend a good long while going through like good like 20 years worth of material here, there is plenty of good stuff there. The Nowadays, sort of the Satosphere program through Atlas Games up on DriveThruRPG RPGs kind of place this a bit, if only because, hey, you can get money.
0: That's the advantage and disadvantage of status versus this. Because people are trying to make at least a nominal bit of money off it, and there is some layout and things that you have to follow making the PDFs, that means that people are more likely to put more effort into making it look nice and making sure that they've put the effort in to make a product that people want to buy.
1: There's a bit more gatekeeping
0: involved. That means that there's less chaff, but also... It does put a stop on spontaneous creativeness that you used to see in this kind of website where you get a lot of crap, but mixed in there, you would have some bits of gold that maybe someone didn't put a lot of effort into, but they were hit by an idea and they wrote it down and find it 20 years later. And like, that's a great idea. That's for my campaign. Yeah. So the gatekeeping element of Satosphere is the way of the world. The internet is now not the Wild West anymore, which is a pity
1: but you you miss stuff like this. Like, you see this in a lot of RPG blogs. There's sort of been a revival on that recently, the whole OSR thing. There's a lot of history to this game that exists outside of just what got published by Atlas or in hell and even old issues of Pyramid Magazine, right? That's old. That's even harder to find than this. Yeah, there's a lot of history to this game that people just don't really know about. It's sort of kind of the same thing with admittedly a more popular and more historied game like Dungeons and Dragons, where there's just a ton of that stuff to pull from on blogs and an old obscure fan source books and shit. But that exists for like pretty much any game with a very dedicated fan base, and unfortunately, some of that stuff gets lost of time. Very few people know about a natural phenomenon, which is a shame because of just how much good stuff there is here. Yeah, it doesn't support third edition, but converting stuff from second to third usually isn't that hard; it's more conceptual than.
0: A there's like lots of dukes in here there's page upon page of npcs there's artifacts there's unnatural beings rituals and again it's like a lot of stuff in here that you're not gonna like but there's a lot of
1: stuff in the source books i don't like
0: exactly everyone's mileage is gonna vary As the years have gone by, people have done very odd things with the Unknown Army's quote-unquote setting or cosmology that are preserved here. These are things I want to talk about later, on a later date.
1: This is a very deep well that we can draw from, and we're going to be returning this well semi-frequently, for the foreseeable future at least, uh, just because there's so much stuff to pull from here. But yeah, speaking of gatekeeping, actually, there's a particular article that you wanted to discuss here, right, Torm?
0: This article has a very simple and deceivingly prosaic title. It is called Designing Cosmic Archetypes for Beginners. It was written by a user named Semicasual in 2012 on my birthday,
1: weirdly. It's a nice bit of synchronicity. There's definitely yeah, some I didn't
0: notice that, but okay. So this is basically something that should have existed. Someone said in the comment that this should have just been in statosphere in the Splat book. It is probably the best example of how to build an avatar path that I've seen. There's a thing, 3rd edition details quite well how you can make your own adept school.
1: Yeah, the whole mega set
0: Yeah, there's no real guidance on how you would want to come up with your own archetype. And I know that we disagree on this. I have different feelings towards this because I've always felt that coming up with an adept school is not that difficult because you just need to think of like, what is something that someone could be cracked about? What is some obsession? Yeah. I think with archetypes, there is at the end of the day, a finite number before the universe explodes. When I'm looking at does this adept school make sense? I'm going to be looking at, does the paradox make sense? Does this have symbolic tension? does this have a good taboo
1: and admittedly a lot of adept schools even in the official material don't really have that exactly yeah that's that's also a problem
0: but at the end of the day i don't feel constrained by any sort of numerical consideration while with archetypes i have to be like is this archetypical enough and is this does this justify being one of the short contenders of the human experience
1: yeah i get where you're coming from there but We aren't designing archetypes here. We are sort of reaching out into the status sphere and seeing what we can find. There's three hundred and thirty three is a big number. And, you know, there have been a lot of archetypes detailed. Sure. But nowhere near three hundred and thirty three. So for me, like an adept, sure, I can come up with I can look around and be like, all right, what's something a lot of people do? What's a way of making it cracked? Like someone just doing it in consistently the wrong way. Then, where I usually get tripped up is like the having a good uh, paradox on there. I think that's the real tricky bit. And again, you can see that in some of like dipsomancy is one that comes to mind. It's just it doesn't have a really great paradox. It just it's like you can tell that oh, they kind of.
0: You, you're you gaining power by losing
1: power, you're gaining control by deliberately losing control. Okay. It, it's a us-
0: cheap. I know what you mean. It's yeah. like pretty fucking cheap. Especially so, in
1: terms of like a, a, a game, right? Where it's like, you know, you're yeah. still going to be in control of your character. The way they did that is like, oh, right. When you're drunk, it works kind of like, you know, hitting a um, failed uh, stress check where the GM template gets control of your player character then that would be interesting.
0: and uh, no. But that's hard.
1: That's also hard, right? I disagree. I think with the dipsomancer, the paradox is fairly clear. You're actually losing control of your character in the context of this game. Like, in No, but you're mean- losing control
0: of... Like, the idea of being a dipsomancer is achieving sublimity through destroying your body and mind and soul through drink. And that yeah, makes sense no, to me.
1: That, like, that's the whole thing when designing a paradox and a taboo. I think it needs to be something that meaningfully affects how you play your character. It needs to be, like, a meaningful constraint. Arguments are would be for, easier for me because it just kind of, like, look around and you're like, okay, what sort of cultural figures are there that haven't really been done yet?
0: Well, that's another thing because I know that there's so many websites like this that have got, like, lists of avatars that people have done. And then I'll find them. Ah, like, oh, that's why that's what I was going to do. But this guy's already done it in like 2009. Damn it.
1: Yeah. I've done a couple avatars. I haven't really put them up. I might do that after this. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm working on one like in the background at the moment. I- I'm putting these in mechanical terms. These are things that are already out there in a sense. I'm not sure if necessarily any avatars of this archetype exist yet. But the archetype definitely does. And the ones I've drafted up before are the princess and the mad prophet. And those are definitely both like some pretty old, in a sense, even the princess. We can kind of go into that. They're very established cultural figures, not even just in America. Though, one of the nice things about America's Hollywood and how much we export our culture, a lot of our cultural archetypes end up being pretty universal cultural archetypes.
0: You could argue that they're not actually becoming archetypes. They're becoming masks for
1: already existing oh, archetypes. Oh, so true. That's all, That's the case. And that's how it is in a lot of cases, like the masterless man and the cowboy. Yeah. That would probably be like the big example. And, you know, America's not the only one exploring that the same way that the Ronin is also a mask for the masterless man.
0: Yes. And like, I think that the masterless man is probably older than that. Older than oh, like, way older. Way older. Yeah. Yeah, and they would have had different interpretations of that before that samurai period of Japan.
1: By putting an avatar in mechanical terms, you are making a definitive statement about the human condition that you aren't really making with adepts quite as much. So I can get why it's intimidating in that way.
0: If you are doing this, if you write up a really good version of an avatar path, yeah. the closer you are to reality, the more likely the archetype is to notice you. Avatars, and especially Godwalkers,
1: they... They can see a bit further.
0: Sure. Right.
1: Sure. But um, you have decided to go walk the path that I have in the past and say, fuck what the status sphere thinks and put your hand at writing up a archetype that you've observed. That's right. So later, write on us
0: the gatekeeper as an archetype. Gatekeeper in and of itself, the, the name sounds old school and archetypical. And it also describes something which I can sort of define as someone who defends an area uh, or defends access to something or somewhere and judges those worthy or not to enter. That would be a gatekeeper in the old school sense. And it's something that can be applied very easily and very readily to modern society uh, in many different ways, which means it's a good avatar. But to argue this, to better argue this, we're going to go through this Designing Cosmic Archetypes for Beginners, and yeah. see if it stacks up. And I would also like to you to mention at least, like, what are yours or both of yours, Sure, maybe.
1: sure. Um, the big key thing to this archetype is, like, you're not just defending an area, like a soldier or a guard or something, right? Mm-hmm. The big thing is you are evaluating someone's worth. Exactly. To let them in. And this yes. ties into a lot of that hero with a thousand faces, hero's journey, Joseph Campbell bullshit. Oh, yeah. With the whole guardian of the threshold, right? Yes. The whole thing of is the hero worthy to complete their journey? It has interesting connotations. Nowadays, I hear gatekeeper and I'm more like that guy at the comic book convention. That's very vocally criticizing the spot costume of the 14 year old girl trying to buy something from his booth. Right. Yeah. That sort of dickhead, but you know, it exists in yeah. some more arguably understandable ways. Like say security guard at a hospital. Are you really sick do you need to be here?
0: Because it's people trying to be protective or something and sometimes yeah. it depends on the person. They're more someone more noble than others. There's sometimes a good reason to want to judge can you enter this particular area or can you enter into this figurative area like a social yeah. group or a fandom or things like that. I've got examples which we'll get into. Basic ideas go through the four basic criteria that he got. got, okay. yeah. right? And so the first yeah. one is that archetypes are based on simple and unnuanced concepts of what human beings
1: do or can be. Yeah, and this definitely falls into that, I'd say. It's just yes. you're 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 standing guard sort of towards a concept or yes. a community more than I like I think a, that there a is door. But,
0: There is I'm going to say there is some nuance in the fact that it's yeah. different from the archetype of a bodyguard, say.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keeping with a bodyguard is like you're guarding an individual in that yes. case. Whereas with a gatekeeper, you're guarding something more abstract.
0: Yes, or a place. But a place could yeah. be abstract.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, like, w- you know, someone's guarding a hospital, for example, right? Where does mm-hmm. a hospital begin and end? There's sort of the legal boundaries there, but yeah. that's not really what you're gu- the spirit of what you're guarding. The spirit of what you're guarding is the sick and yes. the helpless.
0: Also, it would be different from the jailer. Yeah. Which I think that's a pretty cromulent archetype idea, the jailer. preventing I think escape
1: can manifest as a jailer in certain ways nah no, well
0: the jailer is not the sphinx he's not the the dweller on the threshold right usually yeah. the jailer is just keeping you in there
1: well yeah uh, the jail but that's thing what are the jailers testing to see if you're worthy of leaving
0: may maybe yeah. yeah that would be a, an avatar of the gatekeeper who works as a jailer maybe yeah, I- he <laughs> yeah. would be yeah. the archetype he yeah. wouldn't be an avatar of the jailer then that's one of those things that if such a thing exists but i think that the concept of a guard is broad enough that can support multiple archetypes there are multiple offensive archetypes like the warrior the dark stalker and the hunter and things like that second criteria is that they're broad again the warrior can define many different kinds of warriors because there are many different things you can fight a warrior is defined by fighting things but what that means, like uh, uh, you can be a warrior against disease, you can be a warrior against pretty much anything, uh, a warrior against racism, a warrior against noble causes and ignoble causes, both support warriors. And yeah. I would say the same applies to gatekeepers. And I'm thinking of examples like, as you said, like the the guy at the comic book convention, the guy who thinks that they are in charge of the fandom and they get to choose who gets to be a member or not. Maybe a hiring manager at a at a firm, someone who's got a lot of discretion of who the company hires, could be channeling the gatekeeper. A yeah. bouncer at a place like you know the famous like you can't get into Sephora kind You're of bouncer. So, sort of you're on the list. Or it could be something as simple as like an old lady who is in controls access to the bingo hall and is tuned into the nursing home gossip mill and makes her decisions based on
1: what she thinks. Her judgment, right? Gate- gatekeeping has like very negative connotations nowadays, but it's also yeah. dedicated to like keeping people out as, you know, for good fucking reasons. Like the gatekeeper would also be the archetype that's like keeps abreast of the gossip. It's like, is this person abusive? That means I can't let them in the community because they'll mess everything up. Importantly, it's less of a thing about justice, I think, and it's more a thing about protecting the integrity of a certain concept. People get those mixed up yeah. as well. well. That's the thing with gatekeeping,
0: in like politically now. Now with, yeah. um, with things like identity politics and things, yeah. which means a lot of different things, to a lot of different people like a turf could be a gatekeeper gatekeeping for different reasons. It can be done nobly and ignobly. It can be done justifiably and unjustifiably. But the point is that you choose someone's worthiness, you judge their worthiness and let them in or not. Uh, either yes.
1: figuratively or literally. And I do think that an important aspect of this is it needs to be anchored to a specific concept, right? You need to be gatekeeping something against whatever, right? You, you need to be trying to protect a particular thing the same way that a hunter has their quarry or a warrior has their target right
0: yes absolutely there should be something definitely like you're protecting the place or the fandom like what's the word for that like the um subculture or
1: i some it could be a subculture i think but i think a subculture is only one example i think but just more needs to be like a general what is your gate choose your gate exactly exactly like what's or even what's behind your gate what's behind door number three Hey, that's a fun one too. Like, could the fucking game show assistant in the sequin dress be considered a gatekeeper? Maybe. That classic joke about I throw away two-thirds of the Java applications I receive because I don't want unlucky people working for my company. Oh god.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Now I'm thinking about making a gatekeeper that fetishizes the Monty Hall problem.
1: No, that'd be great. Yeah, that works really well.
0: Well this and this leads into the next point of that archetypes should be universal culturally universal
1: and it does say ua tends to be u.s centric admittedly which is the criticism that both of us have had
0: but this is one thing that even from the beginning even with the u.s centrism the archetypes have always been meant to be universal Um, all the way back to first ed like they have descriptions of the different symbols and masks throughout history of each of these archetypes
1: yeah us maybe gets a bit more leeway with that considering how much through hollywood and shit our culture ends up influencing the stratosphere but if, whenever you're looking for an archetype it should definitely be something that not just necessarily shows up in old myths right this is a case where it does arguably depending on how much credence you want to give to joseph campbell right but sure. the key thing is that they're recognized everywhere the thing about like uh modern pop culture or modern
0: american pop culture influencing archetypes I think that's relatively limited because at the end of the day, this is like the global mass unconsciousness. So yeah. whenever you have something, even you might have something like, oh, there's this, this character is a must be a important mask of the warrior because they're in a blockbuster film or, so, or must be an important mask of the dark stalker or whatever. It's like, well, that is only if hundreds of millions of peasants in China and India and Africa agree with that on a visceral level that is possible because they might be like picking up the DVD and being like, this guy is definitely who I think of when I think of a warrior. Like I could easily see someone in rural China being like, yes, I know John Wick. He's definitely like
1: Rambo you know, would be the one I'd be thinking Rambo, of. Right? Rambo. Rambo, yes, Rambo. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Everyone knows Rambo. You
0: have to look at what kind of modern pop cultural figures do actually translate over to a global sense because you sometimes they don't. For certain movies that are about blockbusters in like Western countries or English speaking countries, especially movies that get by on a lot of talkiness or a lot of um or or comedy because comedy is hard to translate unless it's really slapstick. Yeah. But Rambo is easy. Rambo, everyone understands Rambo. Like there's certain other characters who, Mr. Bean. Oh, yeah. Give me an example of, like, the fool, perhaps, that's recognized everywhere. Because Mr. Bean famously can be enjoyed by anyone because he doesn't use his language. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the fact that Rowan Atkinson is a genius when it comes to language humor, he's also somehow the archetypal, like, voiceless fool. With the gatekeeper, right? That, I think, is fairly universal. Bouncers alone, right? Well, I'm just looking at, like, folklore and mythology. I mean... This is not human, but I think it still counts as the Greek
1: Sphinx. It's still a human element, right? Yes. Like, it's fundamentally coached in the human. Um, you know, if you're seeing an archetype that's always a dragon, you know, that's that's yeah. not an archetype. But archetype. the Sphinx, the Sphinx. I mean, also wasn't the Sphinx someone that was originally human but cursed anyway? I think it depends on the tradition.
0: I don't think so. But anyway, but I think we can look at ancient Chinese uh, door gods. These were generally martial gods that were placed on doors to ward off evil spirits and bad influence and uh, the interesting thing about the chinese door gods specifically is a lot of them are actually people that were deified usually generals uh so which makes it
1: perfect for ononami's oh yeah that's that's perfect yeah they uh, were the masu another example uh, those are the ones in like persian and iranian architecture like Winged lion guys with the big old beards. A lot of these are, like, kind of have animalistic traits, weirdly. But, I mean, they're still fundamentally human. Like, the, I think the big thing is as long as they still have a human face. Because that's, like, the big thing about recognizing something as human-like. Such as, like, the Sphinx would yeah. be an example. So... This would mean that you couldn't use Cerberus though. Yeah, and I I'd, I'd say that's fair cuz like Cerberus like maybe the Cerberus could be associated. You're noticing a lot of guard dog imagery, right? Or like like things that were kept as pets by royalty as so like guard animals. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, there's
0: also an interesting point of the Psychopomp or the intermediary god that gatekeeps between the mortal and the spiritual realms. Like in Voodoo, you had Papa Legba. In Centuria, you had Legua, providing basically the same function of like, they were providing the, the, the world of humanity and the world of the lower were separated and Papa Legba was in between. And you'd see the same thing with psychopomps, like St. Peter guarding access to heaven. Um. Yeah. Although, yeah, he has he has a list. Unlike the Val, he's like, mm, I'd see your sins.
1: <laughs> uh, Anubis would be another one that comes to mind. There, you know, weighing the heart against the feather.
0: One thing I find interesting, uh, I used to do. I did some research a long time ago about NDEs, near death experiences in the West. Don't always translate to other cultures. And one thing that often came up with, especially Indian and Thai and other Southeast Asian near death experiences, is many people reported standing in front of a clerk who was looking over them and going, hmm, mm. that could be another example of a gatekeeper, the divine clerk.
1: It, a, it sounds like that's actually a pretty universal thing in a way. Like, I, you know, you uh, perhaps it's not best to look at, like, theology through the lens of Three Stooges cartoons, but, uh, you know, or it's The Simpsons, but when you see that sort of shit and they show heaven. There's always a line headed out the door. Yeah, these are just
0: examples. All these cosmologies are bullshit compared to the reality that Greg Stolzey and John Tynes has shown us. but Yeah,
1: but they're drawing from it. And influencing it. Yep, exactly. I, You know, there's only so much to a certain degree that we can even trust those two, right? Yeah. You can't trust them. You can't trust them.
0: It should be emphasized. Yeah. archetype should always be human because people do like to play with that a bit. But if you're dealing with something that's like an archetype, but is not, human then it's not really an archetype
1: again if it still has human elements i think you can draw from especially for like masks and stuff there's plenty of masks that sure. aren't really necessarily arguably human we'll get into that a bit sure. uh step two is the narrative shit the first where we're starting off is a name and i think you can explain that one pretty damn well just use the gatekeeper
0: of all the other well because i was thinking about gatekeeping and whether <laughs> yeah, it could it's... be like, like And gatekeeper the thing is it's uh, one of those words that describes a modern Phenomenon, social phenomenon, but also sounds like ancient word, you know? It's gatekeeper. Yeah. It's it like, has you know, some
1: sort of that resonance, So you know? <laughs> that old gravitas to it. Exactly. Like, you know, again, there's other things you could call this technically, like threshold guardian works.
0: Yeah, that's too wordy. That's uh, too academic.
1: Threshold Guardian is what some fucking authentic thaumaturge would call it. Exactly. I and mean, that shit does end up being influential in a sense, but yeah. meh, not in this case, I think. And gatekeeping is really like the main sort of super relevant one in the modern day, I think. Sure, there's so, especially as things have gone increasingly secularized. You know, we aren't thinking about who's the guy evaluating us when we kick the bucket and are decided between going to heaven or hell. It's just like, all right. I want to get into the Star Wars meetup, but this asshole is not letting me in until I spout off enough trivia about the extended universe. Do you really want to get in there that much? Well, that's the thing. That's the implicit thing about the gatekeeper too. They're also testing. How much do you want to achieve this goal? That's yeah. part of the test of worth is yeah. Do you really want
0: this. That now makes yeah. me think of like the archetype of the old Kung Fu master on the mountain that the, oh, the yeah. uh, sniper has to go up, and and then the the kung fu master is like, no, you have to wait outside for like two weeks or whatever, or like a month. It's like that could be another. That's another form oh, of gatekeeping, a isn't it?
1: Classic example, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or uh, snatch this pebble from my hand.
0: I didn't think of that before, but that would be a perfect idea of a, a type of gatekeeper. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You have to prove yourself, uh-huh. like proving yeah. yourself uh-huh. worthy, can mean different things.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes just. Proving that you want it enough to do some weird bullshit is enough to prove that
0: you're worthy. There might be a divide, not a perfect divide, but there might be a somewhat of a divide between the type of gatekeepers that judge worthiness based on what you are versus those who judge it based on what you're willing to do or what you do, you know what I mean?
1: And I think something to state is that the, the gate's always going to be there, right? You can come back to it later if you... For whatever reason, really you want to get into this uh, Star Wars fan fiction group that you're willing to put up with this guy's bullshit, and you go yeah. back and do all this research on the extended universe and then answer his questions three successfully, then <laughs> you're worthy. You're worthy still. Yeah. You know, It's not a one-time yeah. thing. Sometimes the stakes of that gate are higher than others. But
0: So the name is good. The name is solid. Yeah. Now we got symbols. And symbols okay. are not that hard. For modern things, you've got, you know, you've got clipboard name of lists. Like, have you ever played one of those games, like um, Papers, Please, or oh, like yeah. yeah, games yeah, where you yeah. play the bouncer and stuff? It's like, sometimes it's like it's not just a list; it's also you've got to have some yeah. judgment in
1: it, right? That would lead to be another example too, like a um, the things that you have at a border, border patrol, border control, customs. Customs, like a yeah. customs, a customs booth would be another example.
0: And sometimes police can also be like, especially if there's like a, a roadblock or something, um, and they have to choose like do we let this car through or not? Police, police tape? Police tape. That's another good symbol. The stamp.
1: The stamp, yeah. For no, both passports and
0: for the stamp on the back of your hand. Wristband, maybe.
1: Uh more abstract, riddles. Riddles would be riddles. one. Yeah. <laughs> That's Some my uh, riddles
0: too. What is uh, the ass what? speed velocity? Never mind.
1: <laughs> I'm just imagining that, but, like, again, he's just asking fucking Star Wars.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. That is totally someone who exists. God damn it.
1: And he probably has, like, 50 ranks in in his gatekeeper identity. He or she is guarding. He or she or they is guarding the entrance Let's be real here. I, I, I don't he. like the draw some stereotypes, but it's he. Um, <laughs> you don't
0: know that, but if he's guarding anything, it's going to be the entrance to an other space, which is basically the cantina. That yeah, yeah, that would must exist. Someone has made that other space, which is just the cantina.
1: Oh, I think one of the key things about like the proverbial gate is you need to see what's on the other side of it. That's important. That's true. Like a watchtower. Or have some sense of what's on the other side of it. Like, you know, for the club, it's all the music coming in there and the voices. For a gate, you know, there's bars you can see what's on the other end of that or or like the slot
0: in a in a, yeah. a locked door with the eyes yes the, yeah that's a good symbol
1: yeah so let's move on to masks masks are just kind of more specific uh examples from folklore fiction legends Yeah, i didn't really have
0: much for this who do you think who's the famous gatekeeper in history
1: i mean the wizard tim to pull from that one monty python shit um the Sphinx is probably like the big one. The Kung Fu Master, you could probably give me more concrete examples of that from Chinese literature and shit.
0: But you don't need to because it's an archetype within Chinese literature.
1: Yeah, but like, that must have come from somewhere. Uh, there's that Bend the Divine Comedy where Dante needs to prove his virtues to Christ's apostles. Yeah. There's the Scorpion Men in the Epic of Gilgamesh, the guys who guard oh, the son. Yeah. Yeah. The sun. Yeah. There's Goliath. Goliath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. The, like, the way that story set up is that David is proving his worth to be king of Israel. Oh, how
0: about fucking, um, for a modern example, the judges in, like, America's Got Talent and things like that. Oh, yeah, that's a great example, yeah. Like, Simon Cowell is a ma- as a Mask of the Gatekeeper.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a great one, oh, actually. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. Once upon a time, Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, really any like, sort of reality show host to a certain extent. I think that mask has been a bit confused. D- Donald Trump's channelled a lot of archetypes over the years, let's yes, be honest. That is true. No, and another one, the troll guarding the bridge. Of course, the troll guarding the bridge, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good number. Yeah, I think
0: that's a solid cross-section there. Now, okay. you're not required to define what is normal behavior for an archetype I got into this.
1: And I think we've kind of implicitly done that anyway. Like yes. you can do- no, it th-
0: we're not required. It doesn't have to be. No. You just, it, it, act, it does help, yeah. it says.
1: Yeah, just, you know, with the sort of people that we've listed. Yes. People with strong ideas of exclusivity and strong ideas of who is and isn't legitimate. But then here's the question of what would be the taboo
0: Yes. And it says here, think about what's most antithetical to the archetypal concept and should make the taboo something that it does really hamper players' freedom of movement and freedom of action. Because the important thing about players is you should always respect player agency. But if you're going to play an avatar, you have to be, you get that creative constraint of you have to act around this taboo.
1: It's not just a creative constraint, it's showing that all magic. Has a cost of something. Everything sort. has a cost. Yeah. I mean, the classic one is like, okay, letting someone past uh, your proverbial gate, yeah, unchallenged, without yeah. having them prove their worth in some way. Someone
0: could just barrel past you, push, like, force past you, or, like, in many different ways. That doesn't. I don't think it breaks to do. like, if someone, like, even if someone just intimidates you or coerces you into letting them pass, that doesn't break taboo. What breaks taboo is having someone. Enter, pass through the gate, whether it be a literal or figurative gate,
1: unchallenged. Yeah, well, I, like, I think if it's a physical gate, then you need to challenge them physically somehow, right? That's like saying a bouncer who just lets someone run by him doesn't break taboo. No, of course he does.
0: He does break yeah. taboo. But if the person like, knocks him down or, or sneaks past him or, or, her, or does something that makes the gatekeeper back down... That doesn't necessarily break taboo, but they have to challenge the person. They must challenge. This is like the idea of the guard at like one of those companies where you have to show your ID to enter. Employee comes and says, come on, Frank, you see me every day. You have to see my badge again. And Frank's like, yep, I have to see your badge. It's that mentality. Yeah.
1: It's letting someone enter unchallenged. They need to prove their worth at some point.
0: Yes. It can be just flashing a badge. It could be anything, but it, it has to... The, the gatekeeper must keep the gate.
1: That's the thing, though. Implicitly, there's sort of a time limit here. And how do you do that? How do you have that mechanic? Do you just say, like, okay, if they unpa- pass by and you don't challenge them at some point within the day or something? Like, how the fuck do you do that?
0: I think it would depend on the circumstances. If I was a GM, I'd be like, if you're the, the gatekeeper of the Star Trek convention um, and you see someone... Ah, oh, that, that it becomes harder when you're thinking of it like um
1: in terms of like legitimacy. But you know, yeah. like you can still have that. You need to challenge them. Well, and I think that's. Um, well, they would say could be- like
0: you would challenge someone that you think is going to try to pass through the gate.
1: It could be something like for every duration of a period of time that someone unworthy is past your gate, you break taboo. I don't know about that. Well, again, it can be both. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that. Even when it's a physical location, there needs to be some sort of thing, some sort of symbol that location physically represents. As a bouncer, like, you know, you're slightly worried about people going in there and getting too drunk and shit, but really... What are you worried about? Is this person cool enough to be in here? Mm-hmm. That's what you're testing their worth on.
0: If it's something that's obvious, like there's a definite door, definitely an entrance point, that's an easy way to yeah. deal with the taboo. If it's something more abstract, it's harder.
1: Well, and then there's also the question about what, when, what happens when someone initially is worthy, but while they're in there, they lose that worth.
0: I don't think that's, that's not the prerogative of the gatekeeper. That's not the gatekeeper's problem.
1: Yeah, like, I think it depends, right? I think it depends. Like the bouncer, that's implicitly part of their job, right? But you could definitely simplify this too. they need to prove their worth the first time.
0: Yes. Um, I think yeah, with, it's different, more difficult with figurative stuff. And I think that with gatekeeper avatars in, in the real world, they would know when they need to challenge. They have an instinctual sense of whether or not someone needs to be challenged. Like yeah, I haven't yeah. seen them before in this. I know everyone in the Star Trek convention. Where did she come yeah. from? Is she, is she a fake yeah. nerd? I have to challenge her. They would have that feeling. And in a game, that would just be the GM saying like, hey, yeah. there's someone there that doesn't look like they belong. And that would be how you do it, figuratively yeah. speaking.
1: And I think the second aspect of that is that a person only has to prove their worth once. Once they're worthy, they're worthy or they aren't, right? Yeah. They don't need to prove themselves worthy every time they come into the club. For your job as a bouncer, yeah, they kind of do. Mm. But as the archetype of the gatekeeper, it's not really necessary. Implicitly, if someone, hell, that could be a taboo, if someone that you've let in breaks their worth, right? Because the whole idea is that you're proving their worth, and they're, you're forcing them to prove their worth, and implicitly, someone that's worthy is always going to be worthy.
0: I don't really like piling on too many taboos. Um, especially when things are outside of the gatekeepers about outside of the archetypes control. I think it really comes down to how they act as the keeper of the gate. They're not the keeper of the court or the keeper of the, whoever's inside the bouncer as a job title has different responsibilities, but the bouncer as gatekeeper has is a specific archetypal role. And the most important thing in my opinion is
1: who goes there. Prove yourself to give a concrete example on, like, something that's already been written. Name, Mad Prophet, you know, you can see tons of that throughout folklore, legend, et cetera. Symbols I went with were, like, white robes, blindness, or other, like, impaired senses, bare feet and sandals, especially long hair. Yep. Uh, Newer symbols would be, like, strings of random numbers, aviator glasses. For that, it's, like, going towards, like, jim jones and david koresh right sure. the, the cult leader sunglasses sure the cork board the corkboard, board and the cardboard sign for me like the mad prophet like the big thing about it is it's you know less madness it's more about the isolation right you speak prophecy you speak the truth but people aren't supposed to believe you
0: so i guess alex the, jones is not a mad prophet anymore
1: no exactly um maybe back so, when he was
0: on like uh what was it public access
1: television yeah but, yeah <laughs> exactly back then sure but yeah nowadays he definitely lost that i have three taboos for the mad prophet and that's
0: too many taboos man you Why is three I, they're, they're kind of light
1: they're kind of light i get where you're coming from but the big one of the three are the mad prophet can never be definitively proven wrong yeah uh-huh. which you know that's kind of outside of their control but also, I disagree
0: with that because no one can prove it, anyone wrong or right in, when you're talking about crazy mad prophet stuff. Like yeah, exactly. Bad. It encourages mad prophet you has to, no respect for like the, the empirical method. Or like it productive. encourages
1: you to be kind of vague with shit, right? Sure. So fake news. Exactly. It's, that's not that hard to answer. Second, the words of the mad prophet can't be widely accepted as truth. You know, you can have a few individual followers that know that, yeah, this guy's putting down some real shit, but it can't be generally accepted in this case. The third one, this is probably the most critical one, is an avatar of the mad prophet must never accept therapeutic help. Okay. Okay. So they got to keep that mad. They got to keep that mad.
0: I disagree with that. Archetypes are about how the world sees you, not how you actually are. Like there's no, I don't see any reason why a mad prophet couldn't be completely sane and also secretly like Tony Soprano secretly to the therapist. <laughs> um, as long as the acts like idea. a mad prophet in reality. Remember the archetype of the mad prophet. They're mad in an arch- archetypical way, which doesn't yes. always reflect actual mental instability or no 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 no, yeah
1: it's less about that and it's more about how so much of the archetype's power comes from its isolation sure and that like the burden of prophecy is something that you have to bear alone if you're telling this stuff to other people telling people about your doubts then like you're not much of a prophet right kind of undermines the whole prophet thing
0: like even jesus had to talk to Satan sometimes, yeah. and Mary Magdalene yeah. about his problems.
1: Well, depending on, depending on which interpretation you're going with, sure. Yeah. So, to give some suspected avatars to history, there's Kalanos, the guy who accompanied Alexander the Great to Persis, and right. uh, stuff him it on the pyre. Um, there is Simon the Magus. Have you got Shoko Asahara in there? He's got the, he's got the beard and
0: the long hair and everything, right? Yeah,
1: that's nothing, not a bad example. I should add him, honestly. Uh, William Blake, Philip K. Dick, Uh, Bonnie Nettles, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, David Koresh I do have Alex Jones on there but again, I think he's sort of strayed from the path over the years
0: Who would be someone who's like Alex Jones but still a mad prophet? I think that's lots of people on YouTube making YouTube videos Sure, sure. Okay, like an example of the mad prophet is sometimes you come across some crazy guy ranting about things on YouTube and you look down and they've got like 47 views or something like that, or two yeah. views, that would be a mad profit. But if yes, it's like, that
1: would be no good example. That's like If um, it's
0: 100,000 views, no, that's not a mad profit anymore.
1: Protected masks. Uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, the Oracle at Delphi, Cassandra is like a big one. She wasn't yeah. mad, was she? She was just... No, but again, it's more about the isolation. Perhaps I should rename this, but um, I, the, the key thing here is that isolation. People aren't allowed to believe you. They think you're mad. You don't necessarily need to actually be mad. Ophelia is another example. Donnie Darko. Yeah. Keep in mind that all the shit we're writing down, this is us trying to sort of get a read on stratospheric phenomena. It's not objective. I, I use the mad profit because it's sort of like the best name I have for this sort of thing. But like you said, this is about how people see you, right? You don't need to objectively be mad. You need to be seen as mad.
0: Exactly. Uh, you need it like yeah. it, it's, it's, you have the bad get effect. So yes. maybe, I don't know, if popularity, uh, yeah, does it have to be that thing? Like the popularity is popular, thing-
1: just people need to think you're full of shit. Yeah, true. There needs to be a significant... So, like, yeah, Alex Jones could still qualify technically because there is a significant contingent that thinks he's full of shit. Yeah, I think most people
0: think he's full of shit, but yeah, yeah he has a core of supporters. Like Alex knows exactly what
1: he's doing. All that Facebook, all that Twitter shit, he has buddies there. He knew that his word was getting too powerful and needed to, like, get some of his buddies within the mainstream media to quote-unquote, cracked down on him so he still had that mad spark.
0: Yeah. Because he was getting a bit too... People
1: were getting used to him. People were getting yeah. too used to him. Hmm. Too many people believing in what he has to say. You want to have a strong, dedicated follower base, but you can't be in the mainstream.
0: No. No, he was he was getting dangerously close to mainstream acceptance uh, at one yes. point. And then had to pull back.
1: Yep. So the next step on this thing, going over the channels, and this is the real fancy mechanical bit about that,
0: gives a really solid guide to what the channels should be. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, how about we go down the list, and sure. I can like go over what the channels are for the Mad Profit, and yep. then from that we can we have that solid example, yeah, and then that we yeah, flesh out yours. All right, that's good. Right, these three
0: cr- basic criteria. For- First is that they make sense symbolically, narratively. It seems really obvious, but it should be something that you should always come back to. Like, does this make sense with the idea of my archetype? Like yes. the fools powers are foolish. <laughs> like the warrior's powers are warrior ish. They, they try to never start missing the forest for the trees when trying to yeah. figure out these powers. They should be focused. They should have powers that are both broad and specific. That's yes, the power of the avatar and they don't override each other
1: though so yes. you I have seen some archetypes where like a later feature might build off of an earlier feature and like kind of yes. expand it that so. can
0: happen sometimes but that's not overriding that's building it's no, no. a yes and exactly
1: <laughs> okay so yeah um that those are three definitely very solid criteria like I'd say that's like sort of in a I may not a bare minimum but they're good uh guidelines to go by because this is a bit more fiddly mechanical stuff yeah you need a Give it a bit of thought. A little bit of thought. Yeah. So first channel, what they're going is like for your average guy on the street that happened to follow a particular pattern behavior. This is really like the, you know, early unconscious uh, avatar sort of stuff. You can be doing this sort of thing and not really have a strong sense that there's something wrong with you, right?
0: Yeah. Because it's magic, but it's not obvious magic to anyone. Yeah. It's yeah. quirk. It's a little it's a little twist of synchronicity as you are following a path and the archetype is helping you.
1: For my example, this honestly might be outside of that even. The Prophet receives visions from powers greater than himself, and this functions basically identically to the vague information supernatural identity using the mad Prophet identity for the role. The catch is that after you make that role, you're incapacitated and defenseless for a number of minutes equal to the uh, ones die of the role as you're, like, thrown into ecstasy, seizing, speaking in tongues, pass out, or... Whatever. There's definitely some interesting things with the whole premonitions, vague information stuff. But that could also just be confused as like seizures and hallucinations.
0: Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, it seems pretty powerful for first time, But then again, it's such a mad archetype. That kind of makes yeah. sense.
1: And again, it's not something you can do unless you're in a very safe environment.
0: With a gatekeeper, I'm thinking because the important thing, especially with the taboo, is that they, might, they cannot let anyone pass unchallenged. So they're always challenging people. So I'm thinking that the first little bit of assistance that the status is giving them is that they are very good at forcing a self-check or forcing a check, a helplessness check perhaps, when they're confronting yeah. someone. Like answer my questions or take a check. Then what's the point of them knowing one way or the other? Like, they don't need to know if someone's worthy beforehand. Because that's just a coercion thing. It just seems like it's a... uh, It probably isn't that big of a coercion, like forced forced coercion. Are there any examples of avatars that force coercions? There must be.
1: Uh, I'm sure there are. Oh, no, yeah, the mother. The mother has, if you're like, someone's attacking you Mm. and... A certain channel then they need to do a self oh yeah there's
0: lots of those things like, like things like that like where it's protective so there's press it's it's different from a protective one like you need to roll you need you need to take a self check or a violence check to attack this person it's not bad yeah. it's that if the gatekeeper challenges you you have to respond or take uh do a self check
1: um i mean another one could be like if you want to have that whole thing of judging someone's worth maybe you need a on a successful role with the gatekeeper identity, you can immediately judge someone's worth. The rest of the time, you got to ask.
0: I still don't like it. I think they need to uh, right. they need to keep all the right. gate. You Not just keep the gate by looking at people, and saying, "Hmm, that, uh,
1: that uh, I like the cut of that guy's jib." Yeah, I think that's the difference here. Is like I'm emphasizing the worth thing. You're the guy that's noticed this though. So, you're like, you're the big thing is like, all right, it's your that defensive role is what you're trying to emphasize here. Yeah, and yeah. In which case, yeah, I think yours probably works better then.
0: I know it ties into how I'm thinking like you have to keep the gate. Important thing is to keep yeah. the gate. And like yeah. you have to make someone prove their worth and you judge it based on how they respond to you.
1: I think there should definitely be some times at least where you can just look at someone and tell.
0: Yeah, that becomes too passive of a of a of archetype, That's too fair. passive of a character to play. So, all right, let's go to the second channel
1: here, which is... It starts to become extraordinary, right? It goes past being, you know, someone who builds a career out of whatever pattern behavior got on their first channel will probably get this one, is what they're saying here. It's the point where it goes beyond, like, something they're good at, and this is, like, a talent, and, like, a very extraordinary one, in a sense. What I have for the Mad Profit for 51 to 70... Uh, the mad prophet's isolated by insights. The avatar can substitute his mad prophet identity in place of knowledge, notice, or secrecy. But after doing so, they need to do an isolation four stress check. Okay. After you hit four, there's basically no penalty there, but it does say that, hey, if you're doing this, you need to isolate yourself. Yeah. But the thing you'll notice for this as far as mechanics is like, I'm always having some sort of price kind of. Yeah. For this knowledge. As far as I guess uh, weird talents, this could be where you kind of size up someone for worthiness from a glance. But again, you want to keep that testing thing. So
0: I'm wondering if it should be something like Riddle Me This. You can just go over the riddles really well. Yeah, like something like that. But that might be difficult for players to go, well.
1: Maybe you can ask someone a question that really gets to the heart of it. May, if you're trying to prove their worth, maybe, like, ask someone a question that really makes them question their noble passion or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or
1: obsession. It could be either. Or, I mean, like I, like, I think of rage and fear. That's not something you're really testing. You're testing more as the gatekeeper how far is someone willing to go and testing someone's better nature. That's sort of the worth aspect.
0: Well, it depends on what your, the gate as well, It's really the nature of things
1: like, the easy one is you can immediately tell someone's uh, noble or obsession passion, but only one. The other thing would be the GM is able to give you a question to ask them that you just instinctually know really presses a button. Yeah. So, like, from that, you can kind of kind of glean what their noble or obsession is, but you mm-hmm. don't entirely know either. But you do know that this is going to really... Test their worth in a sense by asking them this again.
0: Yeah, I don't want to like put it if it was like making it into a self-check again. That would be bad because that's the same yeah. before. It has to be. Yeah, the question. But, uh, but yeah, how do we represent that
1: mechanically? It's do you want to really emphasize the worth aspect or the how far is someone willing to go aspect?
0: Or you could, or you could just make it simple, like uh, make it like a read obsession ability here. Does that sure?
1: Help? But I think that's a bit. I mean, again, fear or rage, I think, doesn't really tie into the gatekeeper as much. But Noble doesn't necessarily either. I mean, no, actually, I disagree. And thinking about that, no, like, well, one of the huge things, like, the garden of the threshold is testing your fears, in a sense, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it could be you, and rage is sort of like, are you willing to, like, stay your hand for this? So, yeah, I think read a passion it, it has to be like on a successful role, though, because that's a bit too powerful for something that someone can do just yeah, all the time. Yeah, it can't be all
0: three. It would be like, like this is something that if you follow the Book of Ben, but I'll be on myself with you. Yeah.
1: Um, I think you could make it a bit harder than that because this is an archetype, but yeah. it should be like, all right, Well, this you have to succeed yeah. on a role, of course. And two, you can only pick one. What about if
0: you could tell any of them, including the yeah. obsession or the passions, if. They have something to do with the gate.
1: I think that's a bit much. Maybe take
0: out the passions. The gatekeeper will be able to tell that none of your passions has, like you could say, like if they rolled successfully, say none of this person's passion or obsession has
1: anything to do with the gate. I could see that as a channel, but maybe a higher one than the second.
0: I don't know about that because, well, you're not, because you could easily get no information because you're not always going to get someone.
1: Well, yeah, but if you're at 50, that's still a 50, 50 shot. you yeah, still a pretty good chance you're going to be getting all this.
0: Only if that also, that also, to the directly to the gate, I'm saying. like yeah. So you're only going to get more than one very rarely. Feature, Let's use this on the
1: but, bounce, for example. How would this manifest if you're a bouncer trying to get a sense of if someone's cool enough to get into a club?
0: Like, for example, if someone's rage passion conflicts with the running of a good club, like if someone's rage passion is being disrespected by people below me or something like that, then you'd be like, hmm, I'm not going to let him in my club. So interesting
1: g- <laughs> thing here is that, in a sense, this does evaluate the worthy thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it so says I mean- by being asked to roll this, that's in of itself giving you a sense that hey, there's something off about this guy. Yeah. You'll know precisely what it is if you succeed the roll, but even if you fail, you're gonna know that there's something up with this guy. Yeah. So that's in of itself really powerful. And it in itself then implicitly knows at a glance, is this person worthy?
0: There's no mechanical description of like, worthiness or morality in the character for obvious reasons.
1: I the, I'm not against this, but I think it's a bit much for a second channel.
0: I it's don't think so because it's, so, it's just in their head. And right. the, the example that they say here is the fact that this is the channel where the flying woman starts flying, even though it's not very far. Yeah um well yeah. this channel is that you're you are judging you're not even judging someone's worth but you're getting information that you can use to ask questions like if you for example if you have the the guy at the cosplay convention and see someone that they, they're judging and then they read them if they read that the oh they've got an obsession to do with warstar 7 and you're at the warstar 7 convention then it'll be one thing but if their obsession is they're at the Trekkie convention, but their obsession is Star Wars. Something's off here. Yeah.
1: I don't think it's as powerful as you might. If be I were to, to if I were to, well, it's not so much that it's powerful. That's extremely broad, and can it means that this archetype kind of makes it that you have less reason to choose one of the archetypes with the feature of evaluates a passion or evaluates a shot gauge instead that's of just good. picking this right. That's a very good point. Maybe
0: yeah. you just make it simple, like. When you're rolling to evaluate, you can flip flop.
1: Sure. Um, Again, I think limiting it simply. uh, I I want to limit it. You can
0: any any like can you? You can evaluate with um, base abilities, can't you? Yes, you can. You can. Well, then actually, you can flip flop. You can flip flop base. um, This channel Um, allows you to flip flop your base ability evaluation rolls.
1: Yeah. Uh, Whether it's passions or shot gauges, yeah Yeah, no that works
0: or you could just say it simply otherwise maybe not even that you could just say you can use your avatar ability to evaluate (laughs) someone as long as 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 you're doing it for the
1: bait for the purposes of the game that's already what you said isn't it kind of no but the, the big thing i think you could limit if you want to keep it super broad is that per person you can only evaluate one thing ever
0: no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about evaluating um, meters
1: now. No, okay, instead of, no. instead of passions?
0: Yes, I'm talking about not well,
1: passions. That is still a very broad evaluates meters ability. Yes. One, yeah, that's one identity feature uh, per evaluate. If anyone's going to be good at evaluate tests, it's the gatekeeper. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. So instead of pa- oh. so actually, yeah, then maybe as, that's the second channel, and then the third channel is you can evaluate passions or obsessions.
0: No, actually, because the third channel... Maybe I'll abandon the whole idea of Evaluate Passions Yeah, for now. I'll think about it. I like
1: it, and I think that ties in more with getting a read on someone to judge their worth yeah, than really you're right shot, Shotgun just right. does. So, yeah, 71 to 90 is when things start getting really clearly supernatural, right? Exactly. That's when you're get into Godwalker territory. And this is also when other people walk in the same Godwalker path, other avatars of this archetype really get a sense of, oh, this guy. And that's when they really start kind of pushing you around. And yeah, Yeah. this is when things really start getting competitive. So this is obviously supernatural, which it means it's more potent, but also means has its downsides in that you're drawing more attention, both from ponies who you might freak the fuck out, yeah. And from other people channeling the same uh, archetype. Yeah. So for an example, um, with uh, the Mad Prophet, when rolling the Mad Prophet identity to receive information, he can choose to ask the GM any question worded as, is X event going to happen? Instead of vague information. You can ask much more specific things. And on the GM sense, this basically becomes, okay, this is something I need to put in a future game or not. This is actually like a fully featured role. Now, normally if you succeed this role, you are stuck in unconsciousness like the first channel, but now it's hours instead of minutes. That's how you get a success. If you get a failure, you, they don't get any information. And if you get a match failure, they don't get any information and you still are incapacitated. And on a match success, um, not only does the GM give you a yes or no answer to that question, Mm-hmm. They tell you when that event is going to happen next, mm. so you get more specific information on that.
0: Ah, huh, that, that's that's powerful, powerful archetype. You got go on there, but that actually makes sense well, throughout there.
1: But like the big thing is you're you have to be in a very safe situation before you use any of this shit. Yes, because otherwise you're going to be out of it for a while. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think for the third channel here? If we want something like definitively supernatural here, and I got a couple ideas for that. One is something that like happenstance prevents people from crossing your gate in a certain way. Sure. Until you deliberately question them. If they're trying to get in the hospital, they, they can't find any other entrances and even like fire escapes and stuff that would normally be open happens to be closed.
0: I was going to call this uh, like um, negative synchronicity. you So you're thinking the same, same sort of thing? You I was thinking about whether that should be the third or the fourth channel because I was considering the yeah. third channel might be forcing truth, but maybe that's okay. not necessarily something that needs like you can lie away
1: yeah kind of kind kind of depends on what you're trying to be yourself worthy of the other one is you know the objective system right Mm -hmm. what if as with this channel you can lock down objectives from being fulfilled
0: i was thinking about that yeah that's an interesting idea if someone goes through your gate and you've judged them unworthy while they're in your gate they can't advance their identities or their objective. Like, Oh, that's wow, that's react- even more
1: brutal. I wasn't thinking about yeah. that. I was thinking like, okay, you lock yourself to a given objective and you add an extra condition to it.
0: That's a really mean thing to do if you're the GM and you have an NPC who's the, who's the gatekeeper and the, the players are not giving him due respect. And at the end of yeah. the session, you're like, well... You failed that while you're within the gatekeeper's purview, so no points yeah. for you. And they're like, "God yeah. damn it, what? Yeah. You have not been and, judged worthy." Uh,
1: th- that is the thing I think is because you have to think about this in terms of NPCs and player characters. Yeah, uh, they can lock down, they can lock down objectives, but they should only be able to do like one. Right, yep. that's related to their gate. And two, it needs to be set up in such a way that they instinctually know when someone's trying to fulfill that objective and are obligated to go confront the people doing it. Yeah, right. Someone trying to solve this objective needs to know what they need to do to do that. Maybe maybe that's a fourth channel. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking um, like one of these
0: needs to be the first channel. Like I like negative synchronicity coming in. the yeah. third. Yes. Same. Um, same, same. I same. like the idea that, like mechanically speaking, we're talking about you can advance. Like if someone is passed or gone, or tried to go around the gatekeeper or is trying to enter the gate or trying to get in Yeah. while they're in, and if they haven't been judged worthy while they're inside. But this goes against what I was saying before. It's about keeping the gate. I agree there. I agree there. If someone is gatekeeping like a a subculture or a fandom or something, then it becomes more like you'd want this to come in. Like while you're
1: within the curve,
0: you can't advance anything. And like objective. they're trying to
1: go to the bowling club meeting and they just happened to write down the wrong time from the poster, right? Shit like that. You know, the things that would allow them to get into this group are no longer there. Or yep. more physical, just, you know, locked doors that honestly probably shouldn't be locked. That yep. can have a fun double-edged sword if like, someone starts a fire.
0: <laughs> I like the idea of some kind of avatar battle between like a determined messenger and an obstinate yeah. gatekeeper. Yeah, the, the unstoppable
1: <laughs> force versus the immovable object. Uh, I mean, like the usual rules are just a um posed uh, identity test, right? Yes, the yeah. sort of case, yeah, and they both um, get more powerful. But this is the, the, yep. I think if that's a third
0: channel, I think it should be because it is yeah. clearly kind of supernatural, but it's also yeah. because any kind of like synchronicity magic it's still got plausible deniability, but it's clearly, it's obviously yep. magic. Now, what about the fourth channel? Because the fourth channel was when things start to get real crazy. Cray.
1: Okay. So to pull the example of what I got for 91, the profit is no longer limited to one question. They may ask the GM any yes or no question and they must be answered. And it works basically identity to the third channel um, with them asking the question, then rolling the avatar identity. Now here's the wrinkle of it, right? If they succeed, the GM must take that player aside and answer their question secretly. There's oh, no yeah. objectivity to this. Okay. So the mad prophet could totally lie to the other players if they want to. hmm And also from this, the after the player returns to the table and the rest of the group is checking out their poker face, they need to make an isolation eight test. Yep. Yeah. So like, that's the big one. And I think that's a fun thing to do. Like, Avatars kind of mess with the world in a concrete way, represented by the mechanics. You can mess with the mechanics in kind of outside the boxes, box ways.
0: I'm wondering now, because I was thinking of different things like have maybe like magically bar act access to places, but I'm like, no, 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 no. This is when the guy go- the gatekeeper becomes one with his gate, right? From a physical sense, like if it's trying to get in the bar, this is when like the doors will like you try to open the door and it closes on you, um, and things like that. But this is also if it's something like a fandom or a subculture, this is when like people are affected by the will of the gatekeeper. So you, if you try to get past the gatekeeper and ignore him and try to like hang out with with the cool nerds, they're just gonna turn away from you and ignore you and snub you without even realizing they're doing it. Even if it's normally something that they wouldn't do, they'd normally be That's welcoming.
1: Tricky to do without it just being, you know, sort of mind control magic. Um, it's
0: maybe like it's not mind control. I like they the general really see yeah. you. They can't see you, or they maybe it makes people see just you be... as the gatekeeper sees you as unworthy.
1: Yeah, there's an idea. There's and an so idea. People, and then the way people unworthy.
0: react is based on them. So some people might still be welcoming or like still talk to you because it's in their nature yeah. but you'll yeah. be able to tell that they're like mm, a bit like standoffish yeah. or whatever and other people who are, are more like like who are you again like why are you here that's
1: good but i'm not sure if it's like 91 percent plus good it's pretty
0: good because it co- it can cover a lot i mean you're affecting a lot yeah. of people and you are causing like that would cause a bunch of checks just the By big nature. thing is it's
1: the, the big thing there is that it's not outright supernatural. I think it is because you're like affecting a whole. It is. World. It is, but it's not like it's not noticeably as such. It, is. it, it depends, just, on, it depends like on whether it's people. a phantom
0: or it's a. Place like if it's the bouncer, then literally the bar will eject you magically. Well, when it's
1: the bouncer's case, once the when yeah, when it's that when it's a physical location you're blocking, then that see that has a bit too much overlap with uh the third channel, I think. Yeah, it's true because you know you're that's having happenstance prevent you from getting in in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's just like all right now happenstance ejects you if you are able to get in somehow. But you know that ends up implicitly conflicting with the last one anyway because it implies that you got in somehow anyway. I like
0: the idea of someone trying to be in well, I don't like the idea. It's a horrible idea, but trying to make friends with people and everyone is just insanely mean.
1: Yeah, no, that is true. And I like that. I like that to an extent. Um, it's but like something to keep in mind about like channel three, right? Like say you're someone that's not worthy, but you're trying, you're trying to use the same door that someone is worthy. They'll just open the door. Like it's unlocked. That's fine. And then you'll go and run after them and it's luck somehow.
0: Obviously supernatural. Or you could be real mean. And like, for example, I think your fandom's here now, right? Or like a place, actually. If you could hide it from view from people that aren't worthy, yeah. Like so, you can make the bar disappear. They can't find the bar anymore. So because yeah. <laughs> they're not worthy for it. Or even worse, like this could be the idea of like the um the mysterious like uh Kung Fu master on the mountain, and other people can't find it yeah. if they're not worthy. If they're not worthy enough, I'm sure that ties in with some mythology of like if you can't yeah, not yeah. worthy, you can't see it. But I like the idea of like someone trying to get into like the Star Trek convention and the gatekeeper of the high level deciding that they're unworthy. And then the person going home and turning on Netflix and Star Trek's not there anymore. And they go and, like, they try to put the DVDs together, they just don't play anymore. And, like, you have been barred from Star Trek. You are not worthy to be a fan of Star Trek and, therefore, you can't watch it anymore. Okay, so,
1: like, if you're a hospital guard, that's, like, you can't go into a hospital, any hospital ever, mm-hmm. until you're actually sick? I would say, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> it's good, but uh, it's, like, how do you sort of... For so there's something broad, actually. How do you write that up? It's something broad, yeah. It's hard coming up with like these big, flashy ones.
0: Well, I got the, these two words I like are like things that affect people, and I can see them working in, in situationally, but maybe they're not
1: broad enough. The objective could work in the sense that, like, I, I, something I think does actually need to be like as a thing about the gatekeeper, right? This does need to be something that you legitimately believe in right yeah you can't just be something you kind of like you can't you can't be a gatekeeper for hire you need to be if you're the bouncer keeping oh. the cool people out as the gatekeeper you need to be very personally invested in who is and is not cool i
0: am the bouncer at sephora i choose who comes into these yeah. hallowed halls. you know yes. like
1: exactly yeah. exactly you're invested but- in being a tastemaker Exactly,
0: yes. Or yeah. or defending an identity or defending a fandom or defending yeah. a whatever. Uh, you're yeah, have yeah, to yeah, be yeah. emotionally invested in it.
1: it. It should tie into your obsession. Like any sort of avatar thing is, probably has to tie into your obsession in some way, right? Apparently, uh, avatars don't always
0: have to tie into obsession. I think this no, one probably no, 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 has no. to. I'd, I'd say yes. I think hiding it, it might be difficult with certain places. But no, I like the idea of like no, if you you hide the hospital if you're the hospital guard because you care about that yeah. particular hospital, right? And the person yeah. like who are you gonna like bar from the hospital? You're not gonna bar insufficiently sick kids unless you're a real shit. Um, you're gonna bar the wrong people from getting in, dangerous people from getting in.
1: Yeah, they can't find it until. They know oh God, that you you're, are... God, you're hiding this hospital from people without insurance. Oh, God, that's bad. I mean, again, like, there's not going to be a lot of... There's not going to be a lot of hospital security guards, I think, that are like, I have strong opinions about medical insurance. Like, and I'm not at all sympathetic to that. But for a... But like if a there was, it, spending, would be amateur, yeah. it would be an avatar. It would be a UA character. Yes, <laughs> yes, death. Absolutely.
0: He's specifically barred you from, like, you can't even find the hospital on Google Maps anymore, even though you yeah. know, it's, they know it's there.
1: The, the big thing is, like, okay, you know, at any time, someone looking for whatever you're gatekeeping needs to be able to find you.
0: Right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, yeah That's they, important. They can you find can't you. just hide it. Yeah.
1: They, can, they can always find you and always try to prove their worth. Like, okay, that's a way of doing it. Yeah. Um, I like the objective idea too, kind of, but that's not super flashy. It's the big thing.
0: It's not flashy enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's flashy when it's there, but it's also just kind of addictive. I I like the idea of avatars tie into objectives in some way because, you know, that, that subsystem is so self contained. Yeah. But I think that's also kind of by design. We've yeah. talked about how we think you can run a UA3 campaign uh-huh. without necessarily including the objective subsystem. So uh-huh. then to have an avatar that's like, yeah, this needs an objective subsystem to work is kind of a dick move.
0: Okay. You know what? With my idea of like hiding the whole, like a Star Trek fan hiding all of Star Trek, maybe too powerful for the fourth channel, but that would be a good Godworker channel. Like yes, and yeah. that would be if I was going to write up the Godwalker, it would be the God Walker, he's a god is a gatekeeper for Warstar Seven. You know Warstar Seven from Break Today? I do not. It's, I do not. It's uh, was it Break Today or Postmodern Magic? But they were, it's the it is a canonical sci-fi series within the unknown armies,
1: milieu. And the reason nobody's ever heard of it is because of this asshole.
0: Yeah, Mike Mitchell Voorhees in Break Today. Videomance are obsessed with SF, the science fiction television show called War Staff 7. The reason why people don't... You don't know about it, you're not worthy enough. (laughs) I don't know. I think that, yeah, like hiding something, hiding a fandom, hiding like a, a... even a cultural property because that's quite idiosyncratic but that makes it like, logical yeah. for a godwalker as opposed to a generalized channel.
1: I like the idea of it, this being the reason why nobody has heard of this thing in years. Exactly. And it's, the not, fandom it's were, not because
0: it's a it's a fictional thing that someone made for yeah. a role playing game. It's because yeah. the universe has conspired to hide oh, it. Of course.
1: <laughs> of course. Yeah, so it's like all right, there's a very small but dedicated fan base. And if the fan base were to ever, like, actually, like, talk amongst themselves and, like, figure things out, they'd realize, like, they all know this one guy. They've all met him in person once. That's cool. And they've always run into him. That's actually cool. You know, like, they'll go looking at, like, a Target or something. Mm -hmm. uh, Or, like, a goodwill to try to find DVDs of the show. Yeah. They'll always run into this guy shopping there and he'll just start asking them questions. There should be another thing, part of like the godwalker thing or maybe the third channel is that you can always be physically there to test someone. You're always at the gate.
0: Uh, yeah, one way you're or the other. at the
1: gate. I'm wondering if I should make the
0: godwalker like have a particular sort of kind of prejudice that has like effect- affected the way the fandom has developed and people are noticing it within like I maybe he's like specifically racist in a way or homophobic or, I don't think that, so, not necessarily, um, or, but like it could be something very idiotic I don't think, too.
1: Yeah, I don't think I think bigoted is a bit too easy. Bigoted is, um, easy. yeah, like you know, Star Trek fans and shit. I don't run into like many racist Star Trek fans, no. they may be closed minded in other ways, yeah, but you know, like just the sort of person they are racist,
0: they are, are racist, Star oh, Trek fans. Sci-fi fan, well, Star- like Star-Trek even Star fans, Trek yeah, Star fans, sure. fans. yeah. yeah.
1: It's different now. Like, especially you see, like, a lot of people with the new Star Treks and shit. But that's got
0: tied up in some dumb, like, culture war bullshit. But traditionally, no. Star Trek doesn't. Yeah. But, like, if we're talking about War Star 7, it might be different. Um, That's true. There
1: may be some uncomfortable, the the uncomfortable fascist subtext of Warstar 7. Of course. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but, like, yeah, you're um, right.
0: The the bigot angle is a bit obvious. I'm wondering if there's a way that, like, I could make it real idiosyncratic, real specific. I mean, the easy
1: one is just he has issues with women, but I think making it more idiosyncratic is just more fun. He could hide the
0: entire, like, I mean, no, that fandom. could be the
1: thing. It, like, it could be he gets a, a like a weird. It's not even like a bigoted thing. He could just get a weird sexual throw out of the act of gatekeeping somehow. Maybe I'll think. About um, it. I'll I'll look at what
0: yeah. information. I, it could just be that guy from Break Today. I'll just add ad, adapt him. And then I that that would give a good reason where I could include this in there. You go. Yeah, you,
1: you can include that. that way. You can include this in your uh, source book. Yes. Yeah, so, like and again, like the one of the big things about adepts and avatars, I kind of want to drill home is be wacky with the mechanics in a way that really yeah. rep- is representative of them. Don't Quite, be afraid. Uh, I,
0: Just because they're not adepts doesn't mean they can't have some fucking. Oh, like and you can have
1: some adepts too. Like something I did consciously with Travaturgy is I have the progression of the adept school and the way it's about like constantly like building up on a meter. Yeah, miller building the climax. Okay. that was intentional um but yeah as far as the gatekeeper goes at least i think i think you got some very good stuff set up there you know it needs to be tuned a bit but definitely you can tuned. have
0: that it. it doesn't need to be tuned yeah. but i think like even in this conversation has given yeah. me some better grounding and this is why this particular document is so valuable
1: because it does it's not that hard really is it like you have to learn this do you think that coming up with an archetype is still super not, difficult?
0: not super hard like yeah. And, yeah, but I, the, yeah. for me, for me, this this process just ha- the way that this guy, what's his name again? Semi casual. Uh, the way yeah. he has like listed it out in such a thoughtful manner yeah. uh, makes it so easy, and this is why we're highlighting it today. And I would recommend anyone coming up with their own avatars to
1: look at look towards yeah. this as check applied. out the description. We'll yep. be posting this. Yeah, we're gonna be looking into. Uh, a natural phenomena pulling things from it every so often because again, there's a lot of great shit to talk about here. But honestly, anyone listening, you should start. Fuck, we should start throwing stuff up on here. It still takes, it still takes new stuff. It's just everyone's putting their stuff up on a drive through because they want to get rich quick. If you're doing something really small, has not really maybe worn an entire PDF release? Yeah, this is a good place to put it. Especially if you're planning on having it be pay what you want anyway. You aren't writing role playing games to get money. No, you're not. This is a passion thing.
0: It's special, but it's nice to get a bit of a get a bread, a bit of bread. A bit of bread.
1: Hey, I've gone to buy some books through what I've gone from my... Well, that's exactly... To RPG. It's yeah. what I, it just feeds the habit further. It just feeds
0: the habit, you know? Like, because I'm not... Yeah. I'm like, I've made this much money from selling things on the Stratosphere. And I'm like... Yeah. I'm not going to. I don't want to take this money out and put it in my PayPal account. I don't want to talk to PayPal because my account's yeah. closed. I'm just going to use this as credit. So I always have money to buy PDFs. That's the best way to do it.
1: But yeah, there's a ton of good shit on here and it definitely... I mean, at the very least, needs to be more well-known among the community than
0: it is. Oh, absolutely. And I will go yeah. through this with a bit more fine-tooth code. I know I've seen things before. I remember things that I know I want to talk about.
1: Um, yeah, there's a, like dozens of source books with the material in here. Uh, oh, yeah. It's maybe a bit right. more uneven than the average source book, but... You but not know, by much! I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely more uneven. It, it's... Just by issue of it, there isn't an editor. That in and of itself always does a lot. That is a good point. There's a fucking forum? Is it up? 2014.
0: How does this forum exist?
1: Oh, Jesus.
0: This forum is barely a thing.
1: (laughs) What? UA-inspired short film. Oh! Someone made a UA-inspired short film. Oh, no. It's a TNI film. Oh, no. Admittedly there isn't really a good place for people into UA to congregate right now. The closest would probably be the Discord. But the Discord isn't super active. Well don't there's don't a like, Facebook
0: But there's people who don't like Facebook and there's people who don't like Discord. And it's me, like me. this is this, this is <laughs> the problem with the fact the modern internet where like the the cowboys have been replaced by the, the giant fences and everything's yeah. been fenced off into these horrible places controlled by Zuckerberg and whoever the Discord lord is. And it is not as good as it used to be where everyone had their little fiefdoms. Uh, no one has the... the gatekeeper
1: is um, a very powerful archetype nowadays.
0: And, like, the fact that it's simply... The fact that we're all using smartphones um, yeah. makes means that we're using the internet on our smartphones all the time, and we're always using these fucking miserable fucking apps because they're designed for smartphones.